Everybody Growing Church podcast, where we exist to grow people and their relationship with Jesus. So settle in and let's grow together. Anybody feel the presence of the Lord Almighty in the house today? Thank you, worship team, for bringing us into the presence of God. I broke from this microphone already. You don't have to remind myself that I was preaching this morning. I almost started running in here. I thought I got to conserve my energy. But isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord on the first day? I kind of feel like David when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I have a preaching spirit on me today. I want to preach what the Lord has given me. And I, I don't know, I'm going to try to hold myself back. But if I start dancing, if I start singing, if I start jumping, excuse me a little bit, but I have something to praise God for. Because he's brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He kept me in 2022. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. Some of you are thinking in your mind, well, I didn't go through anything in 2019, 20, 21, and 22. Okay, well. You think, well, I, I don't have anything to shout about. I, I didn't have anything miraculous happen to me for the last three years. Well, if that's you, can I remind you that he kept you? You might not know or see the things that he kept you from, but the fact that you're standing in the house of God today, in your right mind, in your right body, able to praise him, that's something to praise God about. He kept me. He's keeping me. He's holding me down. And when the Spirit of the Lord I said I have a preaching spirit on me. I don't know. I know you got to sit down, but it's time to forget about our temporary circumstances. Time to remember what the Lord has done over our lives. And when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving have your Bibles. I'm going to try to get to this word. Joshua chapter number four. 
Welcome to the Everybody Growing Church. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, Welcome to the Everybody Growing Church. That's okay. Why don't you shake their hand? If it's appropriate, give somebody a hug. You know, I love this point of view, being able to see a church of people from every background, every culture, every ethnicity, every age, and just come in and see people hugging and smiling and loving on each other. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. If you're not used to this, don't you won't get used to heaven. Because it says every tongue, every creed, every nation is going to come together. What did I say? Joshua chapter 4. Reading from verse 1 to 7 and also 21 to 24. Listen intently as we read. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones. Somebody say twelve stones. Take them from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men following the Lord's instructions whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan. And each of you take up your stone upon, your sh upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in the time to come, saying, what are these songs or what do these songs mean to you? When the children later on ask about this, what were these stones all about? The Bible says in verse 7, the answer, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Quickly going down to verse number 21 to 24, continuing the conversation that Joshua has been having. He repeats, then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over the Jordan on dry land, for the Lord dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you crossed over as the Lord your God did in the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord 
that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Joshua asked them to bring stones across the Jordan River, and the Lord opened up the Jordan River, and they placed the stones on the ground, and the Bible says they placed them as a memorial. So every time they passed, they saw the goodness of God. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach memorial moments. Memorial moments. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands one more time before you're seated. Just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts and speak to our minds and speak to us this day, Heavenly Father. For we have your people in the house, your people online, and we need a word from you. God, move me out of the way that you may speak the way that you desire to speak to your people. God, there is a space of deliverance in the house. There's a space of healing in this house. There's space, Lord, for God's salvation to come in this house. I believe, God, that you're setting us up for a memorial moment. We want to remember this day to tell our children, God, of who you are. And tell this world how great you are. Bless us in the heavenly name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen in the presence of the Lord. And you may be seated. We'll get back to the story in a moment, but can I tell you that we all need reminders. It is in our human condition for us to do things to remind us of what has happened in our lives. Most of us in here either have a notepad on our fridge or a task list on our phone or we write down the things that we need to get done because we have a propensity to forget. Not only do we forget the things of yesterday, but we sometimes even forget the things we're supposed to do tomorrow. Do I have a witness in the house? Looking across the congregation, I see many smiling faces of ladies that have to-do lists for their husbands. The reason why you have that to-do list is because, ladies, if you just told your husband about the thing that you wanted them to do, oftentimes it would go in this ear and come out that ear. Not because the husband does not want to do those things, in quotes, <laughs> but we have a propensity to forget very quickly. Did you know, has anybody ever heard of a post-it note? Lift your hands if you've heard of a post-it note. Post-it notes in the last couple years have gone digital because regardless if it's physical or digital, we all need reminders. I looked it up and it said that in the next 10 years that Post-it Notes are expecting a revenue of $2.9 billion just with those little yellow and orange neon notes. Why? Because we have an ability to forget. Memory is strange in the fact that there are 
some things that we would prefer not to remember, but we find difficult to forget. Maybe traumatizing events, how someone has treated us, how we have gone through life, the things that we want to forget, oftentimes that we remember. I tell my wife, I'm thankful that the Lord has given me a bad memory. Because I don't remember kind of bad things. I don't remember when people said something negative about me and I'll go to them and say, hey, how's it going? And somebody has to remind you, don't you remember that they hate your guts? <laughs> oh, well, now that doesn't happen often. <laughs> but memory is so strange. And it's strange that the things that we would love to remember are easily forgotten. Things of kindness. Somebody has spent all night making a gift and putting a card together for you and they give it to you during Christmas and you put it in the pile of the gifts that you've been given and you forget, who gave this to me? I heard one person say, sure. Everybody else is not telling the truth. Kind acts from others that people do to us. We don't remember things, positive things, things that we probably should remember. It's hard to remember. And things that we want to forget is constantly in our memory banks. The word remember in various forms in Hebrew and Greek is mentioned in the Bible over 250 times. When I looked at that, it was stunning to me because it seems that God often has the word remember in the Bible so that we can remember. <laughs> because it's so easy for us to forget what God has done in our lives. In the Old Testament, in, and I can spend a lot of time here, but I won't. I said there's 250 times. I'm only going to take two. Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. God is speaking to Moses, and he, he tells Moses that he is the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he says, you have sent, I have sent myself to your fathers. And he, he has this one statement in there. He says, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all the generations. He's saying, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, remember my name because I'm going to be a blessing for all the generations. I'll stop there for a second, but I'm thankful that he put his name on the fathers, and I'm thankful that he has given us his name. And if there's one thing I don't want to forget, it's I don't want to forget the name that's higher than every other name. If there's one thing I don't want to forget is I don't want to forget the day that I was baptized in that name. I don't want to forget the day that I was delivered in his name. I don't want to forget the day that I was healed in his name. Colossians would just say, in everything you do, do it all in the name. Can I remind somebody what that name is today? It's the name of Jesus Christ. 
the name that is greater than every other name. The name that at his name, everything else must bow. He says, I don't want you to forget my name. For my name will bless the generations, not only of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, but all those that are sitting in this room in 2023. Another story that we see is in Exodus chapter 17. If you look at verse 14, 15, and 16, 8, Moses is in a battle and he has brought the children of Israel to a place in a battle with the Amalekites. And in this battle, a strange thing happens. Moses is lifting his hands up. And as his hands are lifted up, Joshua is, and his army is in the field and they're fighting and they're winning. And Moses' hand gets tired. So as his hands go down from his tiredness, the Bible says, if you read it in Exodus 17, that they begin to lose. And they realize that as long as Moses lifts his hands up, they will win. So they go and the elders go and lift Moses' hands up. And even whenever he's too weak to lift his hands up, he has people lifting him beside each other. And the Bible says that as they're lifting his hands up, they begin to win. And they win the fight against the Amalekites. Verse 14, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and count it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of the Amalekites under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. He wins the battle by lifting his hands and God tells him, don't forget this moment. Write it down so that later on you can tell this in the hearing of Joshua and the generations after. Remember this moment that when you lift your hands, victory is on its way. Can I tell somebody in the house today that we don't lift our hands just by tradition? We're lifting our hands because we remember whenever we're in a fight, uh, if we just lift our heads uh, to the hills from when our help come from, victory is on its way. Some of you in this house saying, well, I'm too frustrated. I'm too beat down to lift my hands. Well, you need to look at your neighbor, have them lift it up for you, because if you can praise God in the middle of your problems, God will come through for you. Oh, I feel a preaching spirit in the Holy Ghost right now. I need somebody to lift their hands in the house just to say in 2023, victory is on his way. In 2023, the Lord is going to bless me. I don't care how I feel. As long as I can lift my hands from when comes my help, my help is on its way. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Some of you in this house have been dealing with depression and anxiety. Some of you have been feeling down in your spirit. You're saying another year is just going to be another year. You need to come into the house of God and lift up your hands and say this is going to be different. I need to hold my hands up. I need to praise God for he is on his way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
He tells them, write this down for a memorial so that you can remember from generation to generation what God can do in your life. What is a memorial? It serves as something to preserve, something to remember. A memorial in that day was something that you built, that you could put up and set up so that you can be reminded every time you see it that God did something great in your life. It is something to help our memory, that memory that we struggle with. And it's interesting that in the lives of a believer, God sets up memorials. He sets up things in our lives so that we can remember how good he's been. Even in this house, if you think back over your life, you can you don't remember every single day. But you remember the days that God did something great in your life. Can I take a side note for young people and maybe even some adults? That's why I believe that we should journal and write down the things that God has spoken to us about. Because if you don't write it down, you won't remember what God is saying. It even helps you with your relationship with God. If you write down what God is saying, you can look back and see, is this me, is this the devil, or is this God? When it comes to pass, I know it's God. When it doesn't happen, I know it's me. And when there's all trouble that breaks out, I know it's the devil. But I can also know that if I lift my hands... Even if the enemy, even if circumstance come against me, I know my Redeemer lives. Psalms 27 and 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The translation of this verse in modern times is a song, when I think of the goodness of Jesus... And all he has done for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. This, this song was born out of Psalms chapter 27. It says, think back to what God has done for you. So even when I'm in a troubled time, I can see the Lord is on my side. There are many things and for the sake of time, I won't go through all of them, but I'll go through a few things that we need to remember in our life. And really, I would say what the Lord gave me to give you today is not so much that I can preach for you to hear, but I want you to preach so that you can start to see it in your own life. There are memorials that God has set up in my life and in your life, and those memorials are there so that we can understand how good he is. There are moral, uh, memorials of deliverance. Deliverance is defined as a rescue from bondage or danger. And deliverance is 
riddled throughout the Bible. Don't be ashamed that God has delivered you. Psalms 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. What has Jesus delivered you from? Yeah, again, I want you to hear what I'm saying and think back in your own life. What has God delivered you from? Has it been fear? Has it been addictions? Has it been anxiety, depression? Has it been a rough time? Has God delivered you from yourself? Has God delivered you from your past? Others said that you can never be what God wants you to be. Are you walking in the deliverance that God will do just what he said he will do in my life? If there's anybody in this last year that has been delivered from anything, why don't you just stand up for a second? Stand up. He delivers. He he is a deliverer. Why don't you look around in this room? No, no, keep standing. Keep standing. Sorry. These are memorial stones. I I don't have to go into people's stories. I I don't know people's stories. But I guarantee you, if you go and speak to any of these people, you will see how God is a deliverer. Maybe seated. There are memorials of healing. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 says, For I am the Lord who heals. Did you know that approximately one-fifth of the gospel narrative is devoted to the healing ministry of Jesus? Jesus went up and down the coast of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and spreading the good news and healing person after person after person. Why? Because he was setting up a stone to say, don't forget that I'm still a healer. It doesn't matter if it's a headache or if it's a terminal disease. When God steps into your life, he can heal every single disease. He can heal our body. He can heal our mind. He can heal our spirit. Can I remind somebody that we are serving a healing, working God? And he heals us to remind us that he's so good. And don't forget that if it's a headache or a terminal disease, he's still a healer. You know, in our home, we, since the kids have, well, they're still young, but since they've been babies and able to talk, Brother Ricardo, anytime we've had any type of illness, a headache, anything, fever, the first thing that we do is we gather the kids around and we say, you guys 
pray that God would heal our headache. And you know what? We don't do that just so that they learn how to do actions or they learn the culture of Sunday school. But we do that so that they can understand that if they seek after God and pray believing, that it shall be done. I can't tell you how many times I've had a pounding headache and I said, oh, I have a headache and Mar- Mariah will run up to, Daddy, you have a headache? Don't worry. In the name of Jesus, Daddy, be healed. And the headache will just go away. Why am I telling you that? Because even if we have faith as a little child, God can heal. Can I give you a couple more stories? We were in Israel. And there was a couple days that I got very, very sick to the point that I, Simone started asking me, do you want me to call uh, the doctor or call somebody? And I thought to myself, no, 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 no. I'll just deal with this sickness. And if, if my bones are going to be buried anywhere, this is the best place for it to be buried. <laughs> we called the kids on and FaceTime. And uh, they said, Daddy, what's wrong? And I said, Daddy's very sick. And they said, okay, talk to you later. Later on that day, my, my mom called me and she said that there was a bunch of people in the house and Micah came and grabbed Caleb and Mariah and they went into a room by themselves and they began to pray. Amen. I said, Jesus, touch my dad. They could have been playing Xbox. They could have been playing Fortnite. Who knows about those games? They could have been worried about basketball, but they were in a room lifting their hands as little kids saying, you, I know that you're a healer. Why? Because there's been a memorial stone that they have passed, that they've realized if God healed yesterday, he can heal today. I got up out of that room and I went to the mirror to wash my face. And I'm telling you, I barely could move. They saw me. I was, I looked like I was 175 years old. I was walking, trying to make it up the mountain mountain. When I looked in the mirror to wash my face, I felt the the presence of God come in the room, and I didn't know what was happening. And all I felt in my spirit is, tomorrow you'll be fine. I'm telling you, I wasn't fine. I was calling my friends. This is the last time we're going to (laughs) speak. The next morning I got up, And I started walking around the room. I got my backpack ready. All the people on the tour were like, oh, you look a lot better. Yesterday you looked, they said, your face looked white. (laughs) You know a brother's sick when he starts looking white. (laughs) But why am I spending time on that? Because I know my healer lives. There are memorials of him keeping us. Psalms 121, 1 to 2 and verse 5. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence come my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. 
Verse 5, it says, and it's a declaration, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. It's showing a sign of him holding shade. It's like he has a, a shadow over you that whenever things are going to burn you out, the heat is coming at you, he, he lifts up a banner around you and he keeps you from all trouble. Keeps you from things that you should experience, that you could experience, or that you would experience. God is a keeper. God is so much of a keeper that he will place you at the feet of your enemies. And I'm not talking about people because we don't fight against flesh and blood. But he will sit you at the table of your enemy. And while the enemy throws every fiery dart at you, the word says that he has a seat for you at the table of your enemy. Isn't God such a keeper that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper? The weapon will be formed. The weapon will be used. The weapon will come at us, but it won't be able to harm us. I need somebody in this house that know that God is a keeper. That's it. You can, you can, you can clap in this house. I, I said God is a keeper. He keeps me in the good times, on the mountaintops. He keeps me when everything is all good, but he also keeps me when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. Has anybody been through any trouble in 2022? If the Lord has kept you, why don't you stand in this house? He kept you from a broken mind. He, he kept you. Oh, hallelujah. He kept you when things were going bad. He kept you when all things looked to fail. He kept you when things looked like they're impossible. He is keeping you still to this day. He has kept you. Don't tell me God is not good. You're standing because you're a memorial stone. I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Holy Ghost is pushing me here. Do you know that whenever I pass you, I'm seeing a memorial so I can look back and say, God has kept you. When, I, when I'm passing you, Brother Matt, I can see, oh, God has healed him. When I'm passing you, I'm looking at memorial stones. He wants us to remind us Brother Ricardo, he wants to remind you that there was a time I was here and I'm, I'm using his testimony. You could be, I should just stay standing for a second. 
There was a time not too long ago when you were at this piano wondering why you couldn't have a baby. Wondering why God that kept you in your own circumstance did you know that he was discarded as a child and put in a a trash bin God kept him it only made sense that God would give him a child because he could walk back past his own story and say if God did that for me you didn't know his story but there were many weeks that he came up here and he prayed over their circumstance and you can ask him the details he wasn't supposed to have a baby but if you look back there every once in a while it's all these babies all over the place. I, I can point out all these babies. Well, I hear we're in service. You hear, eh. you know, when you hear that baby cry, don't look and say you're disturbing a service. You're just hearing this is a memorial song. This is a reminder that God is on your side. This is a reminder that when God is for me, Oh, I've come to tell somebody under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that, that God has healed you, God has delivered you, God has kept you, God is still keeping you as a sign that if he's done it yesterday, he's going to continue to do it tomorrow. These are memorial stones. You may be seated in the presence of God. Can I keep preaching? Two people said yes, so that means I have to be done. The story that we read in Joshua, we see that God brought them out and brought them across the Jordan River and asked them to have memorial stones as a sign. If you remember, or if you don't know, let me give you context to that story. Moses has just died. The children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses is the greatest Israelite leader of all time. And Moses brought them out of Egypt. Moses received the Ten Commandments. Moses received the Word of God. Moses spoke to God face to face. And right at their moment of deliverance, Moses dies. Moses is sent up into a mountain and a word comes back to Joshua and the Israelites, Jamil, that Moses, my servant, is dead. 
And right before they enter into the promised land, which they have been wandering for 40 years, their leader that's bigger than life is now gone. We often preach from a place that they were excited to go into the promised land, but picture the greatest leader of their time now dying right before they're about to cross. And we know that people get bigger in life in their death than than they do when they're living. Example over example, you can see in every generation that when people die, they become greater in their death than they even were in their life. So picture the mindset of the Israelites. Their leader that is bigger than life has died. And now God says, it's time to go into the promised land. What would it have been like when you're sitting on the precipice of your victory, but it still feels like a defeat? Some of us are in this place right today. It feels like you're about to walk into a new season, but you've known what your past has done. And you know what you've come out of. And it feels like you're wandering still, even though you're going into the right place. The children of Israel are in this moment. Over and over in the scriptures, from Exodus all into Joshua, God keeps telling Moses, as I was, uh, sorry, he keeps telling Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Joshua over and over is getting a word from God. Don't worry. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. He doesn't say what I did with Moses, I'm going to do with you. He doesn't say as I was to Moses, I'm going to be to you. He says as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Can I tell somebody in this house that even though we don't know where we're going at times, even though it feels that we're going into a new place and we don't know how to get there, as long as we have God with us, it's a sign that even if I haven't seen a memorial that looks like what I need today, God can still be with me. I know we talked about memorials, we talked about deliverance, we talked about healing, and we talked about keeping. But can I tell you, if you don't find yourself in any of these categories, you need to find yourself with the God of these miracles. Because even if he hasn't shown it to us yet, he's still a God that has moments for us. So Joshua, understanding that he is in the living in the shadow of Moses, begins to walk across the Jordan River. And the Bible says that it opens up the same way that the Red Sea does. And what we spoke about is God says, don't forget this moment, Joshua. Don't forget the things that I'm doing for you. 
Yes, I'm happy what I did with Moses. And there's memories that you've done. We've all seen memories and heard about the testimonies of others. But even if you don't have those exact testimonies, there is still a testimony for you. Maybe you're in this house today and you, you don't have the same type of testimonies that we've talked about. He's still trying to get us to remember or get us to a spot. He says, don't forget that God is our source. Right. Now, and I'm coming to a close in a moment. I know I could have taken the service and we could have preached and danced. But the Lord has a word for somebody. That we can't leave this place just happy. We have to leave this place with something down in our spirit going into 2023. The Bible says that they are giving a memorial for three reasons. One, so that he can see, like I said, that Joshua was going to be with God the same way that Moses was. Number two, he's emphasizing that there are miracles still awaiting to happen. This was a new miracle for Joshua and the people of Israel. He's trying to tell them that there's more to come. Can I tell somebody in this house today that what he has shown us yesterday is only a sign of what we're doing tomorrow? God uses the moments of our yesterday to define our relationship with him today. Amen. As we go into 2023, and I'm coming to a close. Is that the third time I've said that? There are memorials that God has set up in our lives that we can clearly see. But can I tell you, there's also memorials that we can't see. I was in this restaurant and I took this picture probably in 2009. If you can put that picture on the screen. In this restaurant, I was sitting, I don't know if you can see it, I'll read it to you. But it said, in 1832, on this spot, nothing happened. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and as I started to read, I'm like, wow, what, what, wait, what? What a waste of a sign. I was thinking in 1830, here's history here. Uh, nothing happened. And this picture that I saw, it captured my attention. And again, 2009, I took a picture of it and I laughed my head off, thinking, well, I'm in a spot of greatness. Nothing happened. And when I was preparing for this word, the Lord reminded me of this picture, which I went back into my old hard drives 
And I went and found this picture and I looked at it and chuckled. <laughs> it's such a good picture. I'm so happy that I still had it. And the Lord reminded me there's still another memorial. There's a memorial of nothing happened. I thought to myself, what, what do you mean a memorial of nothing happened? And I thought back in 2022, my wife, she had a sickness come over her. And we don't know where it came from. We don't know really the essence of it or even the full details around this, but it was a problem with her liver, kidney. <laughs> and we were thinking the worst. Her legs started swelling. Remember, we were praying. Her legs, her body just started swelling. She would gain 20 pounds of water out of nowhere. Now, if I gain 20 pounds, it's one thing. But when my wife gains 20 pounds, she eats healthy. And when this was going on for months, we were thinking, oh man, this is, this is a problem. This is something's going to, something terrible is going to happen. And we prayed and nothing worked. And you were here. We kept on praying. And every time we prayed, it seemed like her legs would swell more. And I remember the day we went to the doctor. And we, again, we were thinking the worst of all the worst that could happen. I'm thinking, oh no, this is going to be terrible. We went into the doctor one day and we went to do the test. He said, I, I've never seen this before, but all this test that we were running, all the things that we kept on thinking that we were seeing, it's not there anymore. And literally, we said, okay, God bless you. All the best. And we walked out and we went back to our normal life. And I forgot that I had told my co-workers that there was times that I had to go to the doctors and all this stuff happening with my wife. And my one co-worker from Toronto that I don't see often, he finally came to the office in, in Ottawa and he had this sober look on his face. And I was laughing, smiling. He was like, Calvin, can I talk to you? And I was thinking, oh no, like, is he going to tell me something horrible? I know his family has gone through different things in their lives. And he brought me into my, my own office and he closed the door and I'm thinking, what's going on? And he sat me down. He's like, how's Simone? And I forgot. I said, oh yeah, nothing happened. the Lord reminded me that there's a memorial of nothing happened that many of us you say you don't have a testimony of healing it's because he healed you before you needed a healing nothing happened you say he didn't deliver you out of your spot he did deliver you you just didn't see it nothing happened you say that I don't have anxiety. I don't have fear. I don't have these things. 
You know why? He sheltered you to make it look like nothing happened. Brother Matt, come to the front. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Turn around, Brother Matt. Do a spin for everybody. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on. 2022, you see him, his wonderful family, didn't you hear him just talk about his new baby? Did you know that he had a brain tumor? And that he had surgery? Twice. Twice? And that when this side of his head was caved in, he lost how much weight? 45 pounds. He lost 45 pounds? He was in a wheelchair? It looked like he was finished? But on January 1st, 2022, it looks like nothing happened. When I think of the forgiveness Jesus, Come to the front. Mom, come to the front. Muriel Shaw, come to the front. Hurry up, come to the front. This is the first time I can tell my mom, hurry up! For all, for, for all, for all the people that don't know, this is Muriel Shaw. She's my mom. She looks wonderful, doesn't she? Can you see her hair? It's beautiful hair. She's in great health. Do you know there was a time that she had cancer riddled throughout her body? She had chemo, two surgeries, radiation, no hair, and she was on her deathbed. But when you look at her today, there's a memorial of nothing happened. Hey! You don't look like what you're supposed to look like because in Jesus, nothing happened. There are people in this house that the enemy has been coming after your life. The devil has been trying to get you down. This service is a memorial unto you that whatever the devil tried, God will make it fail. God can heal your body, memorial stone. God can deliver you out of pain, sickness, and depression, memorial stone. God can free you from wherever you're at today, memorial stone. And even when the devil tried it, <laughs> there's a song, Brother Ricardo, why don't you help me? It says, God made it fail. Yeah. He made it fail. Everything the devil tried, God made it fail. God made it fail. God made it fail. Everything the devil tried God made it fail 
Thank you for listening to the Everybody Growing Church podcast. We pray that today's message has impacted your walk with Jesus. We would love to stay connected, so feel free to check out our website at everybodygrowingchurch.ca where you can find out more about us, view our service times, and connect to our social media. You can also email us at contact at stitzvillechurch.com. Come back next week so we can continue growing together. God bless you today. Thank you.